0: Good morning and welcome to the College Football Daily. It is Friday, March 18th. I'm your host, Colin Kennedy, and today we're going to be joined by Cody Nagel of Go Pokes 24-7 to talk Oklahoma State. The Cowboys start spring ball on Tuesday, and despite a strong 2021 campaign, a lot has changed since Oklahoma State was inches away from a Big 12 championship with even a potential playoff appearance. Cody helps break down all this and more. All right, join me now, Cody Nagel of Go Pokes 24-7. Man, I appreciate you coming on. This is going to be a fun conversation, and I want to dive right in. Obviously, Oklahoma State had a really special season last year, but heading into 2022, several key losses have to be addressed in order to replicate that type of success. So I want to ask you, what's the general view of this program right now? Are people optimistic about it? Is there some cautious concern? How do people in Stillwater view the Cowboys going into the spring?
1: Yeah, I think there's more optimism than anything. Okay. Sure. Um, you know obviously the you know big successful season that they had last year was um, you know carrying that momentum into this year will be big like you said there's still a lot of changes that they need to address and you know new defensive coordinator with eric Mason but you know everything on that front seems to be pretty positive I'm talking with a couple players and, and recruits and a couple coaches you know they're they're really excited about just the energy that he brings to the program and, and that side of the ball and yeah it's pretty optimistic right now but you know obviously once we get into spring ball here and and you know next week, yourself, we'll start to answer some of those questions and, and start to figure things out. Real quickly, too, on this type of view, how do you feel Mike Gundy
0: is from a comfortability perspective right now? Does he feel really good going into this spring? Is there some key issues he feels like? have to be addressed. What what's his general perspective of his program currently?
1: Yeah, I mean we haven't gotten to talk to him yet before spring ball, but you know, just talking with him at the end of end of last season after the the fiesta Bowl win, he seemed pretty optimistic too about the season. And I think that you know he talks about the leadership that's above him. You know, they last year they had a new new athletic director, new President of the university um, and just the leadership above him. I think he's this is the most comfortable he's been in his position. You know, everyone's always talked about the past few years is he on the hot seat? Is this the, the downward trend of his career? And, you know, then he goes out and, you know, they go to the Big 12 title game. They're literally inches away from winning it and, you know, maybe sneaking into the college football playoff. You know, then you go and, and beat Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. And so I think, you know, this is the most comfortable that he's been in his, you know, long tenure here at Oklahoma State. I'm not someone who's big
0: into moral victories, right? But like you mentioned, Oklahoma State was literally inches away from a Big 12 championship and potentially making the playoff. They then go and have that incredible win against Notre Dame, in the Fiesta Bowl. Do you feel like this Oklahoma State locker room gained a lot of confidence and momentum off of last season? And do you still kind of feel the effects of last year heading into the spring?
1: Yeah, I think you will. I mean, there's still, you know, as much as they lose, you know, on the defensive side and, and some of those offensive weapons too, and just leaders on the offense, I guess, you know, there's still that, that feeling that we can do this again. You know, there's still get Spencer Sanders back. I um, mean, you know, this will be his, I believe fourth year starting now, you know, they've still got a young receiving core that is starting to get more and more comfortable with him. You know, I think the locker room is, you know, has their sights set on getting back to that Big 12 title game and, and, you know, trying to win it this year. And, you know, they've they've got the pieces there. They've just got a few holes they need to plug and, you know, have guys step up into those positions. You mentioned him earlier and you mentioned these pieces that have to be shaped. A key to shaping
0: this roster is, of course, Derek Mason coming in as the new defensive coordinator, subbing in for former D.C. Jim Knowles, who, who is headed off to Ohio State how do you view this move and what type of impact can Derek Mason have and what maybe impact can he currently have right now? What are some of the general reviews?
1: Currently? I mean, just talking about the move overall, I think that was probably one of the best guys out there that that they could have gotten as far as, you know, defensive coordinator candidates and stuff like that. It seemed like that was the guy that Mike Gundy wanted from the start. You know, that was the guy he went after and was able to to land him, even though there was some possible interest in in the him going to the NFL and stuff like that. Just the, the energy, I guess, that I mm. already said, the energy that he brings um, to that side of the ball. And Jim Knowles was very smart defensive coach. You know, he his game planning was you know, arguably some of the best in the country as far as, you know, being able to adjust to opponents' offenses and stuff like that. But yeah, just the energy that he brings will, will be big to that side of the ball for sure. I also wanted to ask you this too.
0: So much is made of guys with former head coaching experience coming in in the coordinator position. Is there any value here for Mike Gundy bringing in a guy been a former head coach who can run his side of the ball, similar to maybe what Jim Knowles did when he was with Oklahoma State? Or do you just kind of see that as a moot point as he enters the program?
1: No, I think that's that's definitely a positive to have. The players will respond better to him, I think, um, and he'll be able to, you know, relate with the players better and um, just that, that leadership aspect that you want and, and your coordinators too. I don't think that's really a mute point. I think it's actually a, a positive for sure. Gundy's always had this kind of track record of, you know, going out and hiring the like no-name guys for his, for his coordinator spots. You know, especially like on the offensive side, some of the guys that he's brought in from you know Division two, II, Division three ranks that kind of out of the blue hires that nobody expects at all. So you know, for him to to bring in an experienced coach like Derek Mason, that's you know had plenty plenty of success as a defensive coordinator, and then obviously going to to Vanderbilt for a few years, which it's tough to win there for sure. But you know, he was able to to take them to a couple bowl games. So let's talk about the unit that Derek Mason will be overseeing
0: real quick, obviously coming in to coordinate that defense. It was a very special unit a season ago, one of the best in the country and, of course, probably the best in the Big 12 challenging Baylor. They have some key losses, some intriguing pieces coming back. What's the general view of this defensive group, and how does Oklahoma State try to retool it as it heads into the spring?
1: Yeah, I think the big areas they need to address obviously is linebacker. You lose Malcolm Rodriguez and, and Devin Harper there in the middle. Um, you know, those are you know two of their leading tacklers from the past couple seasons. Um, and then secondary, they lose three safeties that were big for them. Um, you know, Kobe Harvell, Peel. Tanner McAllister and then Trey Sterling, who was a, a contributor a lot um, on that back end, uh, and then you've got the the two starting cornerbacks too that are also gone. So there's a lot of holes that need to be filled in the secondary. Uh, but they've got two young cornerbacks that that I think will step up and, and fill those spots. And Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad, and then you know those linebacker spots. they're, you know, Malcolm Rodriguez was a, a three year starter there in, in the middle. So you know, filling his shoes isn't going to be an easy task. But you know, there's some some younger guys in there that have you know, been in the rotation last couple of years that that should be able to step up there too. a lot of intriguing holes to fill. But we'll find out a little bit more about how Oklahoma
0: State's going to address it. We're going to take a quick break and come right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage
0: And we're back on the College Football Daily. Cody Nagel joins me from Go Pokes 24-7. And I want to lead off this portion of the show with none other than Spencer Sanders, Oklahoma State's returning starting quarterback. Cody, I just want to, like, can this guy get any better? What's his true ceiling? Because I feel like everyone's waiting for him to take a leap that's, that's never going to truly come. So this is defining spring and fall for him.
1: Yeah, you know, last year it seemed like he took a step, but there was still that that turnover issue that, you know, having turnovers at kind of the worst possible time. You know, you look at his his numbers from the past few years, um, you know, he had 13 turnovers in, in 14 games last year. 11 turnovers in in nine games the year before, and then his first year starting, he had 15 in 11 games. So turnovers have always been an issue for him. And that kind of seems to be that that one area that he still kind of struggles with. You think about the Big 12 title game, he's got four interceptions in that, that game alone. If he only throws two, maybe they win by a a touchdown or 10 points or something like that and you know they're not relying on trying to punch it in there in the closing seconds but you know he he's gotten better i think his decision making has improved last year there was a lot of times where he was deciding to throw the ball out of bounds rather than, you know, throw it into tight coverage or make a throw that really isn't there. You know, another thing that's kind of hindered his progression, I guess you could say, is is the offensive line. I mean, they had their ups and downs as far as pass protection, and, and luckily he is a mobile quarterback that he can scramble out of the pocket and pick up yards with his feet. But, you know, I think just continuing to improve that decision-making and, you know, not force throws. And then obviously if the offensive line can be more consistent pass blocking, that'll help him as well.
0: You mentioned the offensive line. Let's go from Sanders to the group that will protect him. This is a massive question mark. And Chris Hummer actually highlighted this in a piece on 247sports.com. Tell me about this front five and why it's such a big key of this roster going into the spring.
1: Yeah. So you lose two big components um, in the in the interior with Josh Sills and, and Danny Godlewski, both former transfers that, that were big pieces for them last season in the past two years for, for Josh Sills, but trying to fill those interior pieces and then just figuring out who goes where. They've kind of played musical chairs the past couple seasons on, you know, if, if somebody goes down, they're shifting guys, you know, around on those five, five spots up front and you know, just trying to solidify, you know, who goes where this spring and, and then into the fall and just getting that, that consistency up front. I think that's just been the biggest question or biggest fault for them these past couple of years is, you know, when one guy goes down, they're kind of scrambling to figure out who who fits best where. And there's not really a whole lot of of depth at that position. They had a few guys transfer out that were, you know, kind of some young developing guys that, that they don't really have those to rely on anymore. So, you know, Coach Charlie Dickey, the offensive line coach with Oklahoma State, definitely has his, his work cut up for him this spring. Going from the offensive
0: line to the roster as a whole, give me some maybe young guys or key players for Oklahoma State this spring. And then, of course, the fall who maybe need to take a step or step up into more experienced roles as Oklahoma State retools its roster.
1: Yeah, you know, I mentioned the the cornerbacks, the two young guys that they've got. I guess they're technically juniors now, but Corey Black and Jabbar Muhammad. You know, they they looked pretty good in the, in the bowl game against against Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl. They've had they've been in their defensive rotation the past few years, uh, but now they'll be relied on as. As the starting guys out there, you know some some of the younger, like true freshmen that they're bringing in. You know, Talon Shetron, you know, he was one of the top wide receiver prospects in in the country. You know, maybe they can work him into that really young receiving core that they have and see what he can do overall with the receivers. I think just them stepping up. You know, you think about Tay Martin, who was their leading receiver last year. He's the believe he's the only guy in the Big Twelve that went over a thousand yards last year. You know, that's a big loss for them. But just the development that they've got and chemistry that they've got with Spencer Sanders will be, will be big this spring, too. Oklahoma State starts spring
0: practice on Tuesday. I can't wait to see what these young guys and key players do as we get into spring ball. And then, of course, Oklahoma State tries to return to the Big 12 Championship. Cody, this is a lot of fun, man. I really appreciate you joining me. For sure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right, that's Cody Nagel. Really appreciate him hopping on. Check him out on Twitter at Cody Nagel 247 and go to GoPokes247.com to read his coverage of the Cowboys. By the way, feel free to subscribe to this podcast feed and leave a five-star review for producer Lance Glenn and my guest, Cody Nagel. I'm Colin Kennedy saying we'll see you next time on the College Football Day.